Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Overflow, the podcast. Are you filling everyone's cup meanwhile your energy and inspiration is drained? I believe when you move from overdrive to overflow, you have a supply of energy for people around you and all the demands of life so that you can tackle them with ease. Overflow is an experience of being in the zone with all your attention, so much so you momentarily forget everything else. This show is your weekly guide. Let's build a plan for making time for pure enjoyment or being fully absorbed in the complexity of your work or studies because this ambition will fill you up because you're not here to be average, you're here to be awesome. I'm Kimberly Snyder, motivational speaker, student of positive psychology, advocate, and champion of people. I'm your cheerleader and your biggest fan. So fill up your cup, savor the moment, as we chat and nourish the mind, body, and soul, so we can respond to life's challenges and find your overflow. Well, I'm thrilled and I'm excited. Um, I'm even a little bit choked up, actually, to welcome Kathleen L. to our podcast. Kathleen L. and I met, well, she's a fellow podcaster. Um, They have, she has, uh, her and her team, the Fab Five, have a podcast, Beyond Your Best Plan, a weekly conversation, and really an adventure to elevate mind, body, and spirit really to make the world a better place and along our journey as through healing and growth. But more exciting than that is she has just launched and I think it's just become a bestseller. She's an author, an international bestseller author, and her most recent book, which is really why I'm, what I'm hoping we'll talk about today, is Shatter Together, A Mother's Journey from Grief to Belief. It's really a guide to help us through sudden loss. She's also a transformational speaker, a certified intuitive success coach and healer. She's a volunteer. I know you do a lot of fundraising. Mm -hmm. She's a political science major, a board member. She's got the world on her shoulders and she is empowering and changing lives. And she's here to help us think about, well, I think it's a, a lot about mindset. She has been through trauma and she has moved to triumph. And I think there's a lot to learn from you. So welcome. Thank you, Kim. It's so (laughs) good to be here. I just love to be in the presence of amazing women. And uh, you are definitely one of them. So thank you for the beautiful introduction. Yeah, yeah. So I've ordered my book. I have um, Women Who Rise. I have your first book. And I've read that and, and very much enjoyed your story. And I think the guide Shattered Together is well it's on its way from amazon we'll make sure we put that in our show notes great so i guess where we'll start is really i wonder if you want to kind of introduce yourself and share your story with us and yeah i think that's really where our conversation will start i was born and raised in vermont and i started off with a fairly uh traumatic childhood of early childhood abuse, whether it was physical, sexual, or emotional. It was a fairly difficult childhood. And I used that, I remember as a very young child saying, there's got to be more than some more than this to life. And 
from there, I became a successful politician. I'd worked for the governor. I was a CEO and lobbyist for the largest commercial construction association in the state. And so I was a pretty successful woman based on my experience. And I didn't go to college until I was actually in my 40s working for the governor. So um, I was pretty driven. And so whatever I did, I, I, I accomplished it. Until in 2010, when someone came to my office and told me my son had taken his life. He had killed himself. And so my 19-year-old son died by suicide. And when he died by suicide, he was angry at me and he wasn't speaking with me. And he even actually wrote a note saying um, he didn't want me at his service. Mm -hmm. And so I was shattered. And literally the book title is Shattered Together, but I was truly shattered. You know, a few months after his transition, I found myself lying upon his grave, just begging and pleading and wishing whoever, whatever took my son, please take me to because I can't live this way anymore. Right, right. So you know, there. I would I had the the weight on my shoulders, my heart was so tight, it felt like a vice grip was just every time I moved, it felt as if I was sinking deeper and deeper into quicksand. Mm -hmm. And then when I was laying on his grave, I just, there was this clear moment that came through and I heard this voice from above out of nowhere. I was just like, if this happened in your life, then you're meant to do something with it. So now do it. That's incredible. So it was at that moment that I started to take action again, very similar pattern as what I'd had in the, in the past is like, okay, now I'm going to do, do, do. I'm going to change everyone else's life. I'm going to help everyone. So I talked about suicide prevention and then suicide awareness and, and how you, we talk about suicide. A lot of people don't realize that we don't use the words committed suicide anymore because it treats suicide as if it's a crime. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and in fact, more than 90% of those who die by suicide die with either diagnosed or undiagnosed mental health illness. And so it's truly an illness. So I started educating people about that. And then every time I spoke out and every time I went to the media, I fell backwards. Um, it, 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 it um, just really re-victimized myself all over again because I was holding so much shame and so much blame within me for not saving my son. And, you know, for someone who is supposed to be successful, how could you let this happen to your son? How could, so I had, I held a lot of self-blame and a lot of shame about my role in my son's suicide. And so I decided to just start, like I needed to start a healing journey. And I started that healing journey one hour at a time. And I started to go to cognitive thought therapy. And then I did post-traumatic stress therapy. Then I found this amazing healing modality called regenerating images and memory. So RIM in short. And that changed my world. You know, that it helped me go within my body and find the limiting beliefs in my head and the blocks within my heart, you know, and then my soul, the trauma that my soul was carrying and move through all that. And I found my light and now I get to be the light for others who are experiencing this, this trauma of sudden unexpected loss in general, but, and specifically of those uh, of a loved one. 
and and I'm so sorry. Like it's it's such a sad story. It's ten, so it's 2010, right? So ten. Yes, ten years. Ten, yeah, ten years ago, I I lost my dad in 2016, mm. and he was dying, but I didn't actually believe that he was actually going to die. So I I right, I, right. I totally. I'm a mom too, but I, anyways, I I can appreciate the um the vice grip or whatever on your heart and the, and the darkness. And it's interesting that it almost sounds like you're saying I took like, what do they say? You know, one step forward, two steps back. Oh, absolutely. Uh, every time I started to step out and start to speak, I knew I was helping people. The, the, the responses I got back from, you know, people who heard me on the radio or the people that called in or the people who saw me on TV who, you know, when I was speaking out about suicide, there, I would get responses from parents saying, you saved my son's life or, um, or people who were considering taking their lives. They're like, thank you. Like, thank you for sharing with me that my life does matter. And, and so those kind of responses, and I have chills from my body, just saying that those kind of responses kept me going. And I can tell you, I was still broken. I was so full of pain and so full of shame that it just became like um, angry at the world. I was really angry and that's, it comes out in Shattered Together. It's a little more detailed than Women Who Rise. Women Who Rise gives you the preamble basically of Shattered Together. And then I'm writing in Women Who Empower, which is the results of of investing in your healing. And beautiful. Yeah, so the key really for you is, for me, it took one hour at a time to start healing. And what healing through my son's suicide helped me with is to identify that I was carrying so much other shame and so much other self-blame and unworthiness and really despise of myself um, from the early childhood stuff that I had gone through. And it kind of cracked the walls of, of that old trauma for me. And it shattered that, those walls as well. And the beauty thing, beautiful thing about all of that is, is those walls were shattered. So where I could move through them and heal through them, feel through them and see it from a different awareness and a different perspective and see that really, I look back now and I'm like, I'm almost grateful that those experiences happened to me as a younger child in bowling in high school and multiple relationships. And, you know, like I'm grateful because it created a strength within me that helped me move through my son's suicide. Cause I can promise you, I wouldn't be here today. I know, I just know I wouldn't be here today had I not had the strength from those other experiences to push through and create the life that I get to live today, which is, mm-hmm joyful and fulfilled and connected with my son and you know the shattered together book the the book was channeled the the book cover was channeled the title was channeled the subtitle was channeled like the universe gave me all of these different pieces to the book so the shattered together is really the universe's book and i get to be the vessel that gets to carry it forward in this world so i'm just really grateful what do you think it was that kind of like tapped you on the shoulder? Like what was it of the universe that like from my personal experience, or I know other women, like they're, 
they're going through and they've got this image or whatever, because they have the world on their shoulder, they have to present, they have to show up. So there you are crying and you say, okay, no, I need to, you know, use my power, use my influence, the impact I have on the world to have that conversation, to get on stages, to hold the microphone, to talk to people who may be considering or parents or others who have had a loss. But then you're saying at some point you're realizing while you do have the microphone and you are making, um, in one article I saw, they called you a change agent. So you're, you're causing change or being that change agent. I see that. But then what happens where the universe taps you on the shoulder and says, Kathleen, do you need to take care of yourself or are you okay? Like what causes you to think? Well, what caused me is I, I was snapping. So like I said, that I was, when I put my mind to something, mm-hmm. then it, it happens. Like it yeah. will happen. Like it will happen. Yeah. And what I was doing is I was so angry at people who were complaining that they had to go to their child's soccer game and they had so much work and they had to balance this and do that. And, you know, I became angry about the minor conversations that people have about the weather, you know, like the, just the things that people have do every single day. I was just like, my anger was coming out. And one time I was in the state house and I was lobbying at the time and I was testifying in front of this committee and I actually even what came out of my mouth shocked me. So definitely like the entire room went quiet because I was well known. I was like 20 plus years in, in, in politics that, so people knew who I was and they knew I was aggressive, but not the way it came out, but I came out and I was like, I can't even believe that we're here talking about this. This is ridiculous. And, and like, just (laughs) <laughs> just like blurted out of my mouth. And Did I just say that? Did I? Who yeah. Was? So I had a friend that actually called me on my anger, you know, and she did it in a really gentle way. And that's also in the book, uh, Shattered Together. But she did it in a way that I was able to hear her and just mm-hmm. say, yeah, I'm not honoring my son. You know, I promise, you know, when you lose someone like that, and it just gives me emotional. And, and, and still today is like, when you have that kind of loss, and you've lost your dad as a young age. So you know this, like when you have that kind of loss, there is a drive within you to live every moment of every day, or at least for me to live every moment of every day in the highest and best that I can to love people, to treat people well, to like, it is just such a deep, deep loss that you just, I, I just couldn't exist anymore. You know, like, Mm -hmm. even though I was successful on the outside, I was performing. I was, Mm -hmm. I, and no matter where I was, Kim, in my life, and no matter how high I got up in whatever, you know, whether a CEO or working for the governor or a politician, no matter how high I was, it wasn't enough. I had to continue to prove that I was worthy to be there because I didn't believe I was worthy inside. So I was, I was dying inside while I was performing on the outside. So yeah, I played the role really well. You know, I had the smile, I had the nice car, I looked good, you know, I dressed well, I was articulate, I was successful professionally. And inside I was just dying, I was just existing. And I, it, it was kind of that point where I was like, I can't just exist anymore because Logan's life matters. 
it matters. And if he transitioned the way he did, then I have to do something to help others. Like, I just know that there's a purpose within that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I had to get help or else I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to do what needed to be done. You know, I could, and, and I believe this today, we can only help others to the level that we're helping ourselves. Like if we're not healthy, we're only going to attract those who are as healthy as we are, or are as, as healthy as we are, or, or below that. And we're not going to attract people in our lives that are healthy and in mind, body, and soul. Now I'm not saying there's judgment around that at all. And today I live a life of really being cognizant about my mind, body, and soul. It's all one, you know, and, and, and Shattered Together is about being together. You know, like I know that I am connected to my son's spirit while his body is no longer here, his gregariousness, his energy, his, his playfulness is all around me all the time. Like he's guiding me. He is my partner in this, in what I'm doing. So I'm not doing this alone. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember. So when you, when you say about, um, you're telling everyone to live for the day and like that life is precious. Like I remember vividly, like it's, 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 it almost, I have to remind myself to hold myself back because I remember when he died, I felt like going and knocking on the neighbor's doors, like Mm -hmm. knocking on people's doors and saying like, wake up. Do you know, like carpe diem. Like I, I felt like running the streets and saying life is precious. And did you know? And like, that's what I felt like. I felt like that in, in the sense of that I wanted to tell, or like I knew now. And so did, you know, did you know, did you know, like really? Yeah. You want to wake people up to say, do not waste one moment in fighting about stupid things. Stop talking about the weather and be deeper about your conversations and your connections with each other and treat people with compassion, you know, like, well, if we, so I, I've recently said this on several podcasts and I, I feel like I can say it again. It's just, we're in the middle of an election in, in the US and no matter who you're voting for, if we were to look at the presidential candidates or your local dog catchers candidates, it doesn't matter who it is. If we were able to take a look at every single person that we come into contact with and say, okay, we all have wounds. So what wounded little boy or girl is still in there and acting out right now? We hold, I hold so much more compassion for people today than I've ever held. And I've always been a pretty compassionate person, but today I can hold compassion for people that I wouldn't, wouldn't have in the past. I would have totally been judging. And today I feel like while I may not agree with them, I can hold compassion and love for them because really, are they just a little boy that needs to be hugged Mm -hmm. and just said, I love you, like truly hugged and held? Or a little girl, I'll say a little girl too. It's like, so when we act out, it's usually we're acting out from a past experience that we haven't resolved yet. And one of the things I saw on your LinkedIn, which kind of led me to, I thought, you know, it's so aligned with overflow was around, you said something like when you invest in you, everyone benefits. Mm. And I thought that's exactly it because many women, and, and men that I know, right? We want to serve, we want to 
elevate in our career, give, guide, like give to others. But then there is a point where you realize I am giving so much. I'm worried so much about my message or getting on stage or producing or serving or answering the demands. So at some point we, we have to kind of invest. And, and I think that's what you said, balance your life, invest in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, and investing in yourself for me means not just, not just healing modalities. You know, I'm all about natural modalities, whether it's Iowa, the shamanic practice and ayahuasca or regenerating images of memory or the emotion code or, you know, whatever it is, I'm also all about a daily practice. And that's what keeps me centered and keeps me um, in flow and connected. And that's inclusive of a meditation. And no matter how busy I am, meditation is a big part of my life because what it has helped me to do is make decisions from my heart, not just from my head. And when we make decisions from our heart, we're following our divine purpose. And lots of times that doesn't make practical sense. You know, I left my husband, moved a thousand miles away, left a very well-paying job, lots of security in the society. There was lots of security, mm-hmm. moved a thousand miles away and started a healing business. Like it, it, with only knowing my daughter that's nearby and not knowing anybody else, taking the risk to go to a metaphysical store and say, hey, I'd like to do a reading on you, the owner, so I could start doing readings here. Now, nowhere ever in my life did I think that I'd be doing, you know, intuitive readings in a metaphysical store over being in politics for 20 plus years. But what's beautiful about all of that is I do know my life purpose is about being of service. And while I spent 25 years of being in service in politics, I'm just shifting to being of service in a way that fills my soul. So well, everything I did in, the, in my professional life has helped educate me to create a business that is successful and create a model that, that helps other people. Yeah, in their heart and soul, like it helps them truly within, truly within. Yeah, exactly. What would you say are your um, tips? So I, I, when I think about overflow and I think about when when we were designing the um, podcast name, we we were going to be calling it Fill Up Your Cup. Mm -hmm. And then my girlfriend said that she'd read this article that the cup isn't half full. And I always thought, no, it is, Jules. Like the the cup is half full. She says, Kim, it's overflowing. Yes. Exactly. And I thought, that's exactly it. And that's what happens, right? Is that we give, we have so many demands, the kids need or soccer or whether it's work and demands, or if they're an entrepreneur, there's all sorts, right? But then what happens is you feel you come home and you're depleted. Right. And, you don't have, and, so, and so began the overflow podcast, right? Around what are you doing to fill up your cup so much so that you're overflowing and, and when you're overflowing, then everyone, like my husband, my work, you know, benefits. And so when you talk about, um, I, I was uh, looking into meditation, Kath, you got to get me there, Kathleen, like I'm trying, I'm trying yeah. and the um, webinar or whatever that I saw, he said, you know, everybody needs 10 minutes. He says, if you can't afford 10 minutes, and I was waiting for him to say, you know, I could get, you know, you could just do two. If you can't do two minutes, you probably need to do an hour. <laughs> 
Yeah. And, and that may be true. And I encourage people to just start with five because yeah. when we're busy on the go running, you know, just used to being on autopilot, five minutes is like a lifetime to a lot of people. And I started with five minutes like yeah. I, I, and my mind did not shut up those five minutes either, right. you know? So, and I say, shut up. I meant shut off, but apparently yeah. shut up was meant to come out because <laughs> the, the mind just, yeah, exactly. It's that chatter in our minds that just keep going like, oh, you need to be moving. You need to be moving. And I promise you, if you do five minutes a day for three weeks, just five minutes a day for three weeks, close your eyes and focus on your breathing. And every time your mind goes to a thought, bring it back to your breathing for five minutes, then, then increase it to 10 minutes. And then you'll get to 20 minutes a day and you'll find the first time and that, that this is coming out in women who empower the first time that I felt that connection when I was meditating, I remember clearly today, the lights, the connection, the, the energy that was flowing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. I finally found, you know, like I finally found that, ah, that presence of energy that's just there. And it's, it's a big part. So what meditation has done for me is helped me stay connected to where I hear the messages that we're all getting, that I'm, um, that I'm seeing and I'm aware of the messages that, that I'm getting. And if I hear something three or four times, I'm like, okay, I need to pay attention to that. So I'm more aware of my, of, of my living, my being today because of meditation. Um, the three things that I would say when someone is going through sudden and unexpected loss, and I think this overflow is really a, a perfect opportunity to share this because if we don't fill our cup up completely, then it's depleted and we have nothing left for anyone else. So no one's going to benefit from it at all. And so if you're going through any kind of loss at all, it could be a job, job loss, a divorce, a, a medical diagnosis. There's, when you've had a change in your life, that's, this is important. So I call it the grief prescription, which it could be called any kind of prescription. And it's the three B's. Um, be in the moment. Looking too far out into the future only creates stories that you don't even know is going to happen. The stories are created from where you are now and, be, and what you've experienced. You don't know what's available to you. There's so much more available to us that we, don't, we just have no idea how much is there for us. But if we're thinking too far out into the future, we're creating stories that are just simply not true. Well, you're that's creating that anxiety, you're creating depression, you're creating all kinds of negative thoughts of fear. It's fear-based. It totally so, is. And I would just say, even with the um, pandemic, like with the, right. with all the, the COVID and the pandemic conversation that's happening, it's hard to stay present because you wonder, and it's not just you wonder about the future. It is fearful. Like, when right. is it going to let up or when, you know, am I feeling sick? It's an anxiety that you, because you're looking so into the future, you're like propelling the story. But meanwhile, and what true. control do you have over that? You don't know when it's ever, even if you like, even thinking about it, you don't know when it's going to end. So you're only mm -hmm. creating anxiety over something you have no control over. Mm -hmm. And so being in the moment, whether it's the next minute or the next, next hour or day or week, you know, 
you are the one that knows what the being in the moment means, you know, that, so be in the moment and then mm-hmm. breathe. The second is breathe, focus on your breath. I call it the four squared and mm-hmm. we breathe automatically. So we're That's just going to, we're going to be breathing, but we don't breathe deeply. No, we and don't. And so when we're in the middle of grief or trauma, we're, we actually hold our breath. Absolutely. So the energy is not flowing. You're not grounded. So when you do the four squared exercise, it's breathe into the count of four, hold it to the count of four, release it to the count of four and hold it to the count of four. And you do that four times in a row. That will bring you back into your center and you become more grounded and it helps your energy flow. So you stay healthy. So be, breathe. And the third is believe. Believe this isn't ever always going to be the way it is right now. Believe that you're not alone. Someone else is going through it or has been through it. And believe you're always connected to your loved one. Whether they're here physically or energetically, they are, we are all energy and we are connected. Believe that you can make it through whatever you're going through. Those are the three Bs. That's beautiful. With the breathe, I... I remember in the sadness, I remember um, I had this uh, philosophy when I, when my dad died that um, my, my favorite jeans didn't fit. They, mm-hmm. they were, they were too small. And it was because I was kind of like eating to survive. Sure. And so my favorite, favorite jeans were like baggy. That's not, that's not cool, Kathleen. Like you want them to fit real nice. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I did this eat, pray, love is, is what I kind of came up with. And so the first kind of three months were around eating and just eating to eat, to enjoy. Like I was eating to survive. I was drinking coffee to stay awake Mm -hmm. instead of drinking my coffee because I enjoyed the taste of it. And then the pray was around doing yoga And when we did yoga, like when you do all the stretches, you have to breathe. And I struggled and it was like, I was all tight, 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 tight inside. And when I breathed, I felt like I was, I was letting some of the emotion go. And I was very, it took me a long time to really enjoy yoga. And she kept saying, you need to breathe. And I refused. I, it was, it's so, it's so interesting that you say breathe is like number two. It's not easy. No, it's a cut. So this is the other thing that I share with people. If you have to consciously move through this process, just like we have, we have an opportunity to consciously move through life. Many of us don't. Many, many people are on autopilot, are on existing, are, are numb, are masking. You know, many, many people in this world are not consciously living. And so we have an opportunity to consciously move through our healing journey. Life is a journey. Like everything that occurs in our life is part of our journey while we're here. And so healing through our trauma, our sudden loss, what are the event that has affected us so dramatically in this moment is part of the journey. It is a journey. It is not one and done. It is a journey. So face it one hour at a time, you know, like that's part of the being face it one hour at a time, because it's doable when we look at it as a one hour at a time. If we look at it as the the mass of what it is, it's overwhelming and anxiety driven. 
Oh, I love that. I love consciously live through life. Like it, my mind is blown my mind because that's exactly it. Like when I think about when, when, um, when I wanted to go knock on doors, I wanted to say to people like essentially consciously live through life and, and the breathing it's true. Like it's like our heart beating or the breathing, like we just breathe, but it's choosing that consciousness to take a deep breath, to breathe, to and the other thing, you know, um, when we hold on to the pain, you know, that's what we're doing is we're holding on to the pain. Absolutely. The fear is keeping us, you know, caged in our own cell. Like we're caged in this, this cell of pain. And so the more that we ignore it, the more we mask it, the more that we pretend it's not there, the more we Let's avoid it. Let's do the, that. <laughs> the more control it has over us. And the more dis-ease it creates in our body. So then we have, we, then, then there's 75% of disease is caused from you know, emotional challenges. Did you know that? No. 75%. There's science that just a study just recently came out for that. Like wow. it's huge. And so what I just, I, I encourage you to, when you feel pain in your back or your chest or your stomach or wherever you feel it, move into it, feel it, feel it, because you're not going to get stuck there. It's the consciousness because you, you, when you might just be nicer to be busy, drink coffee, keep going. Right. But there is an uncomfortable that, yeah, face yeah. it, breathe through it, listen to your heart. And that's you going from like your, your smarts to your heart. Right. 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 And what it does is like, once you, become aware of it and acknowledge it and no longer has a hold over you. It no longer is controlling your life. You know, when I was writing Shattered Together, chapter 16 is about forgiving yourself. And chapter, so I know like the chapters by heart by now, but chapter 16 is, was really, really, really difficult for me to write. You know, the book is our stories about my life that has daily practices in each chapter on how you can move through your own journey. So it's part memoir, part self-help and part inspirational. But chapter 16 was, is, is about a secret that I had held in for 27 years. Like I had not told anybody when I was pregnant for Logan. And I went through a process with Jack Canfield on the stage and shared it. What came out was just so profound and it helped me see the situation differently. And I'm not sharing with it you because you have to get the book we so will, you can we understand will. it. But, will. but what, what it did was it freed me from shame that I'd been carrying for 27 years. And when I was writing the book, I had to put the book down for three days. I am not, there's no joke there. I cried for three days straight and thought, I can't put this in this book. Like, I can't do this. This is like, I was still judging myself about what I had thought and felt at the time. And yeah, I knew that I could set the book aside. This, as I was writing, I knew I could set the book aside, feel through those emotions. Cause I knew there was a different truth. Like, I know there was a difference. So courageous. You're so courageous. And so as I moved through it and allowed myself to cry and allowed myself to feel the feelings I was feeling, I naturally came to the 
the, the feelings of like, oh yeah, that that's just the fear creeping up and you're giving other people permission to share their stories without judgment. Mm-hmm. And so it's your job to do this. Like it is my job to share it. And I'm sharing it with grace and ease today where even a year ago, I would have been like hiding my head and not sharing that still been in shame about it. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it prevents you from, from living your life consciously and being in the moment. And, you know, when we find ourselves judging other people, we're really judging ourselves. So what about us? Do we not like and someone else, you know, when we get angry with someone else, when we like, what about them? Are they triggering, triggering within us Mm. that we don't like about ourselves? Good question. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, we would say to our girlfriends, like, you know, I would say that all the time, like, don't judge yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. So it's so interesting that we give that grace to our girlfriend and then have such a hard time giving it to ourselves. Yeah. And it stems, you know, what we're carrying in our body, Kim, it's not just from this lifetime. What we carry in our body is also our parents' trauma, our grandparents' trauma. And then don't forget that each of them are carrying their parents and their grandparents' trauma. So it is a lineage of, of trauma that we're carrying. That's our response or reaction to life sometimes are, are, is based on a program that's not even our program. Interesting. And, you know, science shows that from zero to eight, some say six, some say 12, you know, but at least zero to eight, we are taught how we're going to respond to the rest of our life until we're, until we teach ourselves differently. So whatever you experience from the time that you were conceived to the time you were eight years old, that's how you're going to respond to life until you don't. Right until you're willing to step into your fear, to step into the pain and take it one step at a time, one hour at a time and work through whatever it is, because it it doesn't just go away and you don't move on. You don't get over it. You have to move through it to have a different response. You know what I love? Fill your cup up. And let it overflow. <laughs> you know what I love about um, the Shattered Together? I, I, when I read the title, I thought of like, I'm shattered. My heart is broken. Your heart, your heart is broken. And only when, when my dad died, that's when I had the deeper conversations. Right. And I remember saying to a, a, a girlfriend at work, I said, like, if he dies, my heart breaks. And, and she said, my, my dad, her dad had died. She says, my heart is broken. Like I I'm walking and I couldn't believe it. I remember saying to her, your dad died and you're still here. Like you're still walking around laughing, smiling. And it turned out her heart was shattered. And that's what I often think of when I, when I see, or when I saw the title shattered together, I thought parts of my heart are shattered and parts of your heart are shattered. And we are working through this. We are living life. We are still showing up. And I love the consciously going through life. I need to do that better. So I just want to share with you, Logan's heart was shattered too. And so when you, yeah, well, yeah, he's living with mental yes. health yeah. challenges and his heart was shattered and mm-hmm. his, his, you know, he was angry at the world. Mm-hmm. You know, when he transitioned, he, he was angry, you know, and mm-hmm. I get it today of where, where he was and how difficult it was for him. I get that. Mm-hmm. And so 
when you get the book, um, you'll see on the front cover, there's a heart and there's a, a, a broken heart. But the line in the broken heart is actually the profile, the side profile of Logan. And so the cover has multiple layers to it. So each, each person who looks at it will see different things. And as it was channeled, it was like, there's, there's an angel in it. There's the Logan's profile. Now, some of the stuff I didn't put in, it just was like, it, it is divinely included. Like, yeah, exactly. So, but I did ask for Logan's side profile to be in the heart because again, this book is not my book. It is the universe's book and I get to be the vessel. Wow. So much. So I'm so proud of you. Like it's such a, it is trauma. Like you said, um, trauma to triumph. And that's a pretty big mindset to move from that much trauma to be on stage. And then also to have the universe kind of tap you on the shoulder and say, don't forget to take care of yourself. Mm, and so then you yeah. write the book as a guide for us. And I'm excited to know that it's, there's a third part. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love, I'm so appreciative of you joining us and having this conversation. I can't wait to set the podcast out so that people really do consciously decide to go through their life. I love that. I always end the podcast with a couple of questions, but I think the most important one that I would be interested in, in, in knowing is if you were to whisper, if you could go back to your 20 year old self, like if you were to whisper in her ear or tap on her shoulder, or if there was a 20 year old now, what would you say to her? What do, would you have some advice? Hold yourself with grace and ease. Love yourself, love yourself, you know, invest in yourself. You deserve to feel what fe love feels like. Love is not lost. It is not, it is not what society believes it is, you know, during one of my ceremonies with ayahuasca, I was just so blessed with feeling what love really feels like. It's an energy. It is an energy. It's like your body's on electric and just it's energy. It's light. It's, it's just awesome. And it was the first time I really felt what love felt like. And I'm 55 years old, you know, just, that was two years ago. And and I'm just like, wow. And trust me, I've had plenty of relationships where I thought I was in love and I thought this, you know, like, and, and I didn't love myself. Like I didn't love myself. So as your 20 year old self, just love yourself enough to just, just explore what might be hidden in your body and explore how you're responding or reacting to life when you can really be responding instead of reacting out of fear, you can respond. Mm -hmm. So whether you're 20 or 50, 40 or 80, it's never too late. Just never too late. Today is the day live consciously, really choose, breathe consciously, be present. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. Where, where can we, where can we best find you, Kathleen? If we were, um, I'll put your, um, I know I have your LinkedIn and your Facebook. If people wanted to best find you, what would be the best place to start? Um, just go to my website at KathleenL.com. It's just my name spelled out with a C, C-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-E-L-L-E.com. And my books are there. My programs are there. 
um, all the social media outlets are right there at the bottom. So that's probably the best venue for you to go. You can see what's happening. I have a, an amazing uh, virtual healing circle that I've started. It's a 90 minute vir virtual healing circle where 20 people, up to 20 people can join. And where you know, I receive messages, I share energy. Um, and at the end I draw an Oracle card. So it's like a dare, it's your, it's your guide for what, yeah. Yeah. It's your message. So, yeah. and you are leading the way in your believe you're not alone. Yes. Believe you have a friend, believe you are the believe. guide. Yeah. Believe you're just, just believe you're not alone and reach out for help, whether it's me or a neighbor or you know it, it, i feel like i just need to say this again it's like in the book it talks that there will be people who will show up that you would never expect and then the people that you would expect would show up when you're in the middle of grief don't show up so seek people out that know that you know can meet your needs speak your truth ask for help because you don't have to do this alone you're not alone. You're doing great. I thank love you. it. I'm proud of you. And thanks for having this conversation with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Kim. I hope this podcast feels like a guide in your ear, encouraging a shift in your mindset, boldly challenging you to stretch self-care goals, and continue to strive and achieve big accomplishments in life because you're not here to be average. You're here to be awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Overflow. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any comments, ideas, or feedback, you can find me on my website, peoplebrain.ca. Thanks so much for listening.